Welcome back, everybody, to World Series, World Series edition of Dong City, October 26, 2020, show number 37. Boy, I'm excited to get to this. I know you guys are. Vince Merck and Daddy Rob Martinez in the background. Vince, how you doing today, baby? Doing great, man. This is uh, a little bittersweet of a Dong City. It's our last live uh, live sports episode, last baseball episode. Then we go back into the uh, the unknown winter that we spent way too much winter last time on. So I'm hoping this is a shorter one. But I, other than that, doing great. Next time I, I talk to you, Henry, the bathroom should be done. So that's that's what's going on in my world. <laughs> How's everything for you? No more punching holes in the bathroom after Aaron Boone's, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Man, if I have to hear one more uh, saw or drilling or anything else, I'm going to lose my mind. We are two more Dawn City. We are one more Dawn City episode. This one and next week away from no more election talk. Oh, yeah. No more election talk, so. That should be uh, great. Next week, because I, I thought about this, next week, our episode is the night before the election. Yes. <laughs> so maybe we'll incorporate something into that. But uh, yeah. If you yeah maybe, maybe we'll have a, a Wednesday show just to somebody will be drowning their sorrows and something. So. Yeah. Very exciting times for America. But the mo- nothing more American, though, than the World Series, which uh, we are... So far, so good, I would say. You know, I don't know. How do you feel so far about this World Series? We're five games in until it could end tomorrow. Oh, you went muted. Oh, there we go. There you go. Uh, When we started our predictions, I said that I wanted a classic series. I predicted seven games. I predicted a classic, and we got nothing short of that. Um, I think we're going seven. Um, it, It just has to play that way with the way these games have been going. Um, the way these teams have been scoring, the way they've been punching each other one in the mouth. We got to go seven, man. It's, it's the only thing left in this World Series. Is, is We need some game seven action. That's, that's the only thing missing. I'm with you. I'm rooting for it to go seven. Um, and that's not terribly difficult. The Rays just have to win tomorrow. And they've got they have Snell. the pitching edge. Yeah, they, they've got Snell back on the mound. And then if you have a game seven, like that's a clear path because then you have Morton versus Bueller. And that's like – I don't think Morton will lay an egg twice. We'll get into him later. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you. I, I hope it goes seven. This series, Henry, is really reminding me a lot of 2016. Um, just the way it's kind of – I know that the Indians had a 3-1 lead, but you look at the two teams, right? Indians were kind of the first team to really have that sort of run prevention, relying on their bullpen type thing. They, they did it by necessity. But they, um, they were doing that in 2016 against this Cubs juggernaut. Cubs went one in a while, obviously a lot longer than the Dodgers haven't won. Yeah. And then you look at that series, and it was like the Indians just like death by a thousand cuts were, were up 3-1 in that series. Cubs couldn't run back. But that series really didn't have a classic – like it had one good game right. until game seven, and then game seven was an all-time short list of greatest World Series games ever. That's what I'm hoping for here. We have had one classic, one all-time classic in this yep. series. You have a great game seven, this becomes an all-time series. No, I think if we have the game four moments and the game seven, you close the book and say this is one of the greatest ones ever. Yeah. It, it's on the short If it goes seven, that's step one. And if you have a, a game seven classic, this is right there with anything. 
I think even Dodger fans have to admit they want to see a game seven. That's a nice way of saying that they want the race to win, but they want to see a game seven. <laughs> yeah. Anyone who's a baseball fan wants to see a game seven, especially in this matchup. Yeah, well, it's even better when you're not rooting for either team, right? Exactly. Like, exactly. I don't care about the fans. I just, you know, they can get tortured all we want. I wanted to go seven. But, exactly. Henry, we've both been in that position, right, where we've had our team in game yeah, of the World Series, and it is just the worst thing ever if you're a fan. It's gut-wrenching. It's, it's – hold on, my computer's about to restart. No, not now. <laughs> uh, yeah, like you said, it's a punch gut. You just – you want it to be over. You want to sweep. You don't care if it's ugly. You don't care what. You just want to win. Yeah. And for the rest of the world, man, we're watching this and we're saying we need a game seven. I want to see Kershaw come out of the bullpen in a big spot for something, man. I, yeah. We need this. We need this as baseball fans. MLB has done a fantastic job with this postseason. Um, and I'm enjoying the hell out of it, man. Me too. I, it's come full circle with MLB. We spent so much time. I mean, they handled everything wrong in the offseason. Yeah. Uh, and then we get to the regular season, and it's a rocky start, right? The Marlins and Cardinals have their outbreaks. Everyone's starting to say cancel the season. We're making fun of them in front of closed doors. Um, <laughs> An open ones. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but then we get to the postseason, and, and I'm with you. They have done everything right. Um, the bubbles have worked. No COVID. COVID's not even on the, on the radar right now. Yeah. It's not going. I mean, we're, we're in the clear now. <laughs> There's not going to be. I they flashed something at the bottom, the ticker on the bottom of the screen a couple of days ago. I think it was like 59 consecutive days without a positive test or something like that. Yeah. And now you've got after MLB was the laughing stock. Everyone was like, why didn't they do what hockey did? Why didn't they do what basketball did? Now you have basketball talking about copying baseball next season. They want to start in December and they want to, they want to make threat. They want to consolidate travel. So there's less travel days, less off days, shorter season all that stuff. Yeah, that, basketball is a whole different animal. Um, but they have another pro. They have a different problem on their hands because the product was so much better when they were at the bubble. Yeah. So it's it's like oh shit, we need fans, we need all this other stuff. But the game itself, the entertainment value was was so much better when they were in the bubble. Yeah. Maybe they weren't going to get some ribs, you know, or or whatever the case is. But the the game in in basketball was better in the bubble. Baseball, they did good. Um. You know, hockey did well. MLS were, were the kings of everything. And football, the football's football, man. <laughs> the NFL's the NFL. They sweep the under the rug. They got false positives. They got a whole bunch of shit going on in football. So baseball, they did this, they did this right. Yeah, they're they're coming out looking nice. Um, this World Series, if it ends tomorrow and if it ends 9-1 Dodgers. It was a good series still. Um, it's certainly not going to be all-time ranked. But, yeah, you get to that game seven and you get to a classic game seven, like Kershaw's coming in, relief, and then you're winning in, in the 10th or 11th or 12th inning. Then you've got something to really talk about. Not only that, I, I want to see how many times the Dodgers can get Dave Roberts off the hook because he's oh, been making a ton God. of head-scratching moves in this series, bro. I'm Things that should have bitten him in the ass. I'm not going to issue an apology to Aaron Boone, but I'm going to say at least I know there's someone as bad as Aaron Boone out there because he is the NL Boone. It's funny. I mean, this guy that. is a spitting image of Don't, right. If you ask me which guy would I rather have, I'd rather have Dave Roberts. Yeah. But there's a lot of miscues, a lot of nervousness, a lot of things that I watch with Roberts and I say, that's fucking Aaron Boone all over again. 
Yeah, I want to Dodgers fans. It, if you're uh, if you're in here, just start listing out all the things you've disagreed with in this World Series so far that Dave Roberts has done. Because I we want some refreshers. I mean, I I know I've seen. I'm very obviously very harsh on managerial decisions, right? And I make them in the moment. This isn't something I go back to and like that didn't work out. I didn't like it. Like you can see in the game threads, we talk about it as they happen. Uh, Dave Roberts has been I, Cash butchered game one. I mean, they got killed. Uh, he butchered game one for sure. But since then, Dave Roberts has been the man in the hour when it comes to bad managerial decisions. And the Dodgers have continued to bail him out with big hits, with, you know, he calls on the wrong guys at the wrong time, and they still get the outs. So they, they're, that bullpen is gassed. Both bullpens are gassed, honestly. Yeah. And I, there's no way that these games could have gone without a break because those bullpens have nothing left. It would have been it would have been a bad product. I got that question a lot from people. Um, <laughs> hello, AJ. Welcome. Uh, I got that question a lot from people. Why is the World Series having off days? You know, because they're still in a bubble. You need My it. personal opinion. I thought the eight, I would actually just for symmetrical reasons uh, or consistency reasons. I would love if the ALDS five game series stayed with no off days. That was exciting. ALCS give them one off day. And the World Series keep with the two off days. And the reason is, as you get deeper into the postseason, these guys are are tired. Yep. And especially relievers, especially in this day and age, they're pitching most of the innings at this point. Rays do not have a single starter with a World Series win yet. Um, it's, you know, it's brutal. But, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, wild card and DS, no games. Yeah. ALCS, NLCS, give me after game three off. That's mm-hmm. the, you know, right after game three, you you take, uh, take two days. You don't even have to take one. Take two days. You know, but I, I like that idea. But we've uh, – I'm not ready to say bye to baseball. I need something else, man. Yeah, I really – I need I'd that like, hot tilt to come quick. I need some WBC chatter. I need Caribbean World Series. I need something, man. <laughs> yeah. It's um, – Michelle saying trusting Jansen is definitely – that's a classic analytics move, by the way. Holy shit, is it? Because these guys don't believe in hot and cold. So, like, Jansen could just – pitch like an asshole over and over again, and they're just going to keep him there because he statistically has the highest chance of closing out the ninth inning, or he's the best pitcher statistically, so let's stick with him. Dude, this is watching, the type of stuff that's nonsense to me. You're watching it, and his breaking ball has nothing. Nothing. And he's left with his throwing his fastball, and you're talking about throwing that fastball to a lineup full of guys that just feast on it, and he's got nothing left. They're sitting there waiting on one pitch. One, and they're hitting it, and they're hitting it harder. They're falling it off. You could just see that just growing and growing and growing. And 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 he had a Chapman moment. That's why I was calling him Kenley Chapman in the thread. Yeah. I, well, I mentioned this yesterday. He loves training and Jansen. And he got Grudel has been great. Grudel has come out and, and just, just lit up. This, he's throwing triple digits. He's just His shit is moving left and right, up and down. The kid is fired up. Urias is doing his thing. It's just let let the kids play, man. Forget this dedicated role bullshit already. We've proven that. Yeah. That, that's that's old style baseball. That shit doesn't work. Don't give me one guy has to pitch tonight. No, give me the fireman. Yo, this is the biggest spot of the game. It's the seventh inning. You're my best pitcher. This is where the fuck you're pitching, and that's it. If you had an analytics that because the Rays do that, right? They bring in their guys in the in the highest leverage. That makes sense. If you had a balance of that and feel. I, it's that's the perfect balance of analytics to me. Sometimes there's a guy who's pitching and he's just on, and he's throwing non-stress innings. You ride that dude. 
yesterday was a great example of that Grural, and, and it worked out for the Dodgers, but it was a risk. Grural was fantastic in that game. Dustin May was fantastic in that game. So there's the thing. There was no reason. There was no reason to pull him, and there was no reason to bring in May. It worked because, like I said, they've been saving his ass. May pitched phenomenally. There was no reason to bring him in. Right. You could have kept riding that horse two more innings, if maybe you know. Right. Even game one, they took Kershaw out early, and I gave him a pass there because I said, you know what? It's game one. They're up big. He's at seventy something pitches. I got it. You need him to come back for game four. Maybe game seven made sense, but then every he just kept pulling guys left and right. I, I didn't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, and as Manny's pointing out, the race kept Glasnow in. Um, that so Glasnow wasn't pitching great, but he did give up most of his damage early. So there's nothing he can do about that. I mean, they weren't going to pull him with two runners on the first, um, and then he gave up just the one more run. I think that that home run to Muncie. So I think that, he learned. I think he learned. He being Cash learned in the Yankee series. Because if you remember, Glasnow was playing with the Yankees. His, his off-speed pitch was just – they had – it was dancing against the Yankees. Second time through the order, toward the end of it, they loaded the bases. They were working walks. And instead of letting them work out of it, he pulled them right away, and boom, he gave up the three run. Uh, I think it was a double. And all three of those runs were charged to Glasnow. So his stats look worse than they actually were. Yeah. I think he learned from that, and he let him – he pushed them. Because I said, okay, they're going to have to pull this kid. And they, they relied on him, and they let him work through it. So kudos to him for that. By the way, we, we got AJ saying in the, in the comments that he took down his Giants flag, uh, replaced it with a Niner flag because of the season. I think we know the real reason that AJ's yeah. replacing his, his Giants flag with a Niners flag. It's not because it's football season, AJ. We, you look at those two teams, they're in very different places right now. Right there, baby. Yeah, it's okay to admit it. Uh, Manny, the question about home field. So how I would do it is the play-in game. I like the idea of a three-game series instead of one for wild card. But I would do no off days, and I would do it all in the better team's stadium. Yep. I think that's an actual advantage, as opposed to just one game that decides it all in one stadium. So best of three, all in one stadium, no off days. You do the ALDS. Um, now adding travel, yeah, it's going to be tough, but maybe you do a getaway day, um, you know, game three, and then you have them travel and go to game four. Yeah, we, we talked about this before. You, you have to give an advantage to the better team, and that's the perfect one. Right. So I'm still good with no off days in the DS. I think you just, you just deal with the fact you have to have a quick turnaround time. Uh, and then the CS, like Henry said, uh, probably after game three makes the most sense. Um, that guarantees an off day. So, <clears throat> you know, then, then you have your travel day. Um, so, CS, yeah, it would, it would be an off day on a non-travel day, which is kind of weird because uh, what is it? it's it'd two, be a 2-3-2. Two, 3-2. Three, two. Three, two. <sighs> so maybe you do your off day after game two and yeah. then just don't have one the rest of the time. You might have to have two then. Yeah. You that, might have that is to a have... good point. Two game, a day off after game two and a day off after game five. Right. Well, that's how it is now, or how it normally is. Yeah. Um, and then you do the same in the World Series. Especially so, if yeah, you have I mean, a, the, an East-West thing, you know, that year. Yeah. The problem is, yeah, you don't know how far they have to travel. It could work out in some cases, not others, but you have to keep these things uniform. Excuse me. Have a Subway Series every year. Call it a day. <laughs> yeah, just – Rank the seedings based on who's located close to each other. 
Michelle, Michelle tried to call you out, and I'm, I tried to do it subtly by just, you know, pronouncing his name correctly. And she's like, no, it's not Gruderol. <laughs> was I saying Gruderol? I feel like I knew. Yeah, oh, all right. Well, yeah. No, it's Gruderol, yeah. Gruderol, yeah. Like, um, you were saying it, and I kept hearing I am Groot in, the, you know, my head. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I just, like, white out of my mouth. It just happens. Uh, so, yeah, Gruderol. Um, but anyway, yeah, that like that's the biggest takeaway for me with Dave Roberts is he doesn't give a shit as far as performances or anything. He just goes to his formula, which is very Aaron Boone like. They, like that's the thing that drives us nuts. Um, and then Cash did make the mistake in Game One, um, but since then, like his formula, this is the main difference to me. The Rays win because of their system. Like their system, they they specifically have five lefties in their bullpen, six righties in their bullpen. They throw different speeds, different arm angles and shit. We've seen it documented. That's how they win. They have maximized every possible matchup. So it, it favors them in run production or run prevention. The Dodgers just have a shitload of talent. And <laughs> that's the difference. So yeah, Roberts can after gas after gas. Going back, not to cut you off, going back, did you see the, the graphic that they did on Fox with the clock and the arm slots for the raised pitchers? Yes. That was so fantastic. They just had all the different pitchers and arm slots basically starting from nine to three. That's what I was alluding to, yeah. That shit was amazing. Like, they've thought it that granularly. Yeah. That, uh, that, you know, they've got righty-lefty. You've got guys like Drake who are, like, trick pitchers. And then you have guys like Fairbanks who throw 100. Yeah. Um, different sides of the uh, different arms. arm slots, yeah. just sidewinders up top, it's everywhere. Yeah. So when a raised pitcher doesn't have it that day, it's a little bit more forgiving for me if you're cash because you don't have a lot of margin for error there. You have a lot of relievers, but they're usually on some sort of set plan of some sort. Yeah. That's that's basically what they do because they don't have five starters; they have three starters. Um, the Dodgers. You have options usually, and uh, and Dave Roberts tends to pick the wrong ones, or stick with the wrong ones, or reuse the wrong ones over and over again, and that is very Aaron Boone like. Like that that annoys the shit out of me. I don't like Kevin Cash for personal reasons. I think he's a prick. I do think he's a total whiny piece. I think of he's a very very good manager, and you can watch him learn from his mistakes as they happen. He'll yeah. make a mistake one day, and then he won't make that same mistake the next day. And that's the part of the analytics about them that I love. They do go with feel. They do go with things that just make baseball sense. It's not just a book binder that says, this situation, you do this no matter what the outcome was before, or no matter how somebody's feeling, this is what you do. If it works, great. If it doesn't, it was still the right move. So, yeah, I, I like those guys that, that still have some feel. Now, here's the part that's hilarious, and Andrew brought this up in a post yesterday. The Dodgers have the stolen base edge, 5-2, and four of those are Mookie. I was about to say, it's all Mookie. So, Mookie Betts is out-analyticking. <laughs> that's not a word. The Rays right now. Not that stolen bases are part of analytics. Traditionally, they're not. But that's one of the things the Rays do better than everyone else is run the bases, force the issue. They can't hit as many home runs as the Dodgers, so they have to score other ways. We saw it with Margot last night trying to steal home. Um, and they actually, the Dodgers have done that better than them too, which is kind of a concerning sign if you're the Rays. So you brought up Mookie. So let, let's go real quick to game one. Let's recap game one. Yeah. And by the way, the Dodgers only caught once so far. I say, I do it when you say Mookie, because to me, 
even though Mookie's having a eh, World Series, yeah, Game One was the Mookie show. Oh yeah, get the score, forget everything. Mookie let off that game. Mookie stole two bases. He got tacos for the world. You, once you get tacos for the country, everybody loves you. Oh yeah, you're good. He got two stolen bases. Everybody's getting free tacos. Mookie's going off. His glove work all over the diamond, like like he's been doing all postseason. Um, you know, he got the opposite field home run. I, I saw some Rays fans say, oh, that wouldn't have been a home run in Dodger Stadium. The minute they said that, the graphic pops up, would have been a home run in like 20-something of the stadiums, including <laughs> yeah. Dodger Stadium. <laughs> yeah, see that you all know, the time. Mookie was two for four, um, had an RBI, had a walk, two stolen bases. Max Muncy, I think he had two RBIs, two hits. Chris Dale had an RBI. Will Smith, Kike Hernandez, like, like we said last week, Kike Hernandez is that dude, man. Yeah. Every time he comes in, he does something. He came in, pinch hit, got an RBI. Um, Kershaw was shut the fuck down. Kershaw was sitting everyone down. He pitched six innings, gave up two hits on one run, struck out eight. He was completely dominating that lineup. There was no reason to take him out other than you just wanted to save those bullets for a potential game seven and a game four start. So, we are we are we good on this Kershaw narrative? Is that? I hope so. I mean, look, Kershaw has been amazing. He two wins now. He two broke the MLB. Now, well, he he has more wins than the entire race. Starting. <laughs> he <laughs> he got more wins than every pitcher in this World Series combined, including his own. You, you have us uh, two. The Rays have zero. He has sixteen total strikeouts. Sixteen total strikeouts in two games. Yeah, I think he's done six innings, eight strikeouts, and under three runs in both. And did he not break the postseason record for most strikeouts all time? I think he did. Oh, I mean, look, lay off Kershaw, man. Kershaw's fucking. I'm done with it. Look, I Kershaw's top five pitcher all time. I don't want to hear about it. That's it. What, yeah, Kershaw, 231 ERA. I mean, it's two starts, so what are we looking at here? But 11 and two-thirds, seven hits, three runs, three walks, 14 strikeouts. So it's a, and a .8. Same Kershaw, top five, dead or alive. And that's just off one LP, baby. This is what I have said this entire postseason. Don't just buy into narratives because they're narratives. Caveat, except the Twins – and accept the Braves because those were right. <laughs> Might as well throw the A's in there too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The A's are just about there. But, um, don't just believe the Dodgers are going to choke because that's what they do. Because every team is different. Mookie's there now. He won a World Series. Uh, you just – like this is what I was talking about. Kershaw's going to choke. But, like that's so lazy. Eventually it's going to – we just saw David Price do this two years ago. David Price is the biggest loser on the planet, and he becomes a World Series hero in a week. And it becomes such a shitty narrative that then people start to find excuses why it happened. You remember what happened when it happened yeah. with Peyton Manning? When Peyton Manning started to win, well, he got a good defense. He had a running yeah. game. Get the fuck out of here. I call it players. LeBron syndrome, right? Every time LeBron wins a ring, it's like, yeah. well, that only happened because this happened. Well, now he's got four of them. So. Oh, he needed bum eight to hit a three-pointer at the Bunley stop. Yeah. If he didn't have Ray Allen, yeah. if he didn't have Kyrie Irving, like, at, at what point are we just like the dude wins? So happy for Clayton Kershaw. I want one more Clayton Kershaw moment. Just because I'm a greedy-ass Clayton Kershaw fan, I just want one more moment out of the bullpen in game seven. Maybe he closes the game just, just, just for shits and giggles. Just 
that's what I want. Clayton Kershaw out the bullpen, close the game. Dodgers win a title with him on the mound. Everyone shut the fuck up with that narrative. I was trying to remember this, Henry. Did, was Kershaw your World Series MVP pick before yes, the series? Okay, so our World Series MVP picks are in a direct clash with each other right now, in my mind, because Corey Seager was my pick. And, and right now, I think if the World Series ended tomorrow and nothing dramatic happened, Seager wins MVP. Yeah, Seager uh, definitely wins MVP. But to uh, your point, if it goes seven, and if you get Kershaw out of the bullpen and he does a good job and Dodgers win the World Series, <laughs> that's a tough choice. As I said it, I'm starting, you know, as it's coming out of my mouth, I'm, I'm, I'm formulating and I'm seeing it happen. I'm, and that's what I'm calling. I'm calling him coming out the bullpen and getting a save in game seven. Yeah, the, the bum burner. He's, uh, going, he's going smolts. Yep. Uh, Manny, to answer your question, if he comes in and loses it, if he comes in as, to close and loses it, like, yes, people are going to say that he chokes. But in my mind, if Clayton Kershaw has to come out of your bullpen in a game seven, Something went wrong. Right. Uh, so here, it's here's not the thing. his fault because it's not his job. Here's the thing with that. If that were to happen, it would be a situation where he was already in the game. They were up by more than a run. They brought him in to shut things down, and he's pitched two, maybe three innings, and he ends up getting the save. I don't think they're bringing him in like in a one-run game in the ninth. Right. They're bringing Gradrol for that. And they're not keeping him in if, say, the Dodgers are up four in the ninth and Kershaw comes in and he's not going to give up six runs. Well, I I, I disagree. I think they would keep him in for the moment. Not to give up six runs. No, no, no. I'm saying if they're up four, they're going to let him close out that game. That I agree with. I'm just saying if if he doesn't have it and if he's starting to – the wheels are starting to fall off, they're going to hold before he can lose the World Series. Like, that doesn't make sense either. Um. So yeah, I, 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 that was my pick, and I want the moment, but Seager's just on another planet right now. Yeah, I uh, – He's reminding everyone that he is that dude, and he's one of those top shortstops that we thought he was a couple seasons ago. I mean, he has done this sort of all year. Like, he's had these hot spurts where he's just, like, unconsciously hot. Uh, and then, obviously, he was the NLCS MVP, which was the main reason I didn't want to pick him for a World Series MVP. But then, was, you know, sometimes when you're just hot, you're hot. And that's him and Randy Rosarina, man. Like, they, every round of this playoff just seems to – it doesn't matter. So um, – or at least the later rounds. So, there's one other thing. Oh, and, and to Michelle's point, yes, uh, Dodgers would have to win. We haven't talked about if the Rays win yet, like what that means. Right. Um, obviously, it's the franchise's first World Series, which is a big, you know, that's big. They've been so around. That, that's how fast narratives in baseball can change. Yeah. Because with all the kudos they've been getting, if the Rays win, everyone goes right back to the Dodgers being oh, the yeah. and the Dodgers being the Buffalo Bills. and It all falls apart. And to a degree, not that I think the players should be blamed for choking, but to a degree, you have to wear that. If you blow a 3-2 to the Dodgers, you've got Bueller waiting in game seven. He was dominant in game three. Um, you've got to find a way to win one more game. Yeah. And it's very clear so far in this series to me the Dodgers are the better team, like, like talent-wise. Well, remember, we spoke about this uh, before the season, before the series started, whereas the Dodgers need to win. The yeah. Rays have already won. That's house money. Yeah, the Dodgers need to win. It's win or go home because that, that's it. They can't – they've come this far three times. You, you can't not go home without a chip. Yeah, it's uh, – you know, and they're both going to be around for a while. <laughs> they're both fantastically run. They've got great farm systems, great major league talent. But the difference is that 
how many times can this core of Dodgers players come this close and lose? Yeah. You know, the Rays, this is the closest they've come, but they don't know any better at this point. Like, they've never even been – I don't think they've been in the ALCS. This group hasn't been in the ALCS. So, like – This is why they, I compare – this is why I think the Buffalo Bills reference is a perfect one if they don't win. Yeah. Eventually that gets in your head. Like, I'm concerned about that from the Yankees' standpoint, not getting to the World Series. You can only lose the ALCS and ALDS so many times with a team with the expectations of winning a World Series before it's in those players' heads and they become, for lack of a better term, losers. (laughs) So all the pressures on the Dodgers, if the Rays win, it's great for their franchise. Maybe it's great for that team's location. You know, maybe they work out a deal in in Greater Tampa instead of in in St. Pete uh, or the surrounding area. But – Nothing can save baseball there, I'm convinced. But but I I think it's very possible. I just don't know if necessarily winning the World Series is the reason that they need. (laughs) But uh, it can't hurt. So there isn't much to say about the Rays if they win the World Series. It's a win for analytics. It's definitely a win for big market fans because we just get to go around saying they had a $26 million payroll and just beat a $160 million higher payroll in the World Series. Like, don't tell me it's not possible for a small market team to compete. Small market teams, owners will love it from the perspective that they can sell it to their fans. Yeah, we don't need the money to win. They can put more money in their pockets. Right. It's it's a win-win and a lose-lose if the Rays win the World Series for big and small market fans and owners. Yep. Um, But there isn't really a great narrative there if the Rays win. Like, people who don't like the Dodgers will be happy. That's pretty much like Giants fans can celebrate. Anybody that doesn't like big markets will complain. If right. you're a Dodger, if you're an Angels or a Giants fan, you hate the Dodgers. If you're a small market fan, you hate the Dodgers. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, I agree with uh, Jacob Moses. I, I think the Dodgers have this. I'm gonna, I think it's going to end tomorrow, unfortunately, just because I – I've been pretty pessimistic about the playoffs this whole time. I didn't think Dodgers-Braves would go seven. I didn't think Braves-Astros would go seven. The only series so far I thought would go the distance after the wild card round was Yankees-Rays, and I was right, and the Rays won, and I was right about that too, and it only hurt me. <laughs> so, like, it wasn't enjoyable for me, um, but all the other series have come up short in thinking it goes the distance. I'm sticking with that here. It has to go seven. It's the only way for this season to end seven they have C.B. Buckner uh, umping? Because then I'll go seven. Don't ruin it. <laughs> Don't program that dude to just make up whatever strike zone he wants. Dodgers are home, right? Home field, technically. Yeah. So we could see a walk-off. I mean, the, 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 the possibilities are endless with the game seven, dude. Who do we with game six tonight? It's, or tomorrow night? It's Snell against he... Gonzalez again? I don't know. Let Did I pronounce that right, Michelle? Is it Gonzalez or, Gun- or Gonzalez or Gonzalez? It could be Bueller. It could be Bueller, maybe. No, no. Bueller's game seven. Bueller's seven. It's definitely Bueller-Morton game seven. It's definitely Snell tomorrow. I think it's got to be Gonzalez. He pitched game Yeah, two. Tony Gonzalez. So, yeah. Uh, like I said earlier, advantage. That's a, good, that's a good bet for game seven. Not that I don't like him, but Snell's – Advantage raise easily. I mean, come on. I would think tomorrow favors the Rays for several reasons. One of which is that I won't say let's go Rays because I'm a Yankees fan, but I will say that I think they're winning and we're going to see a game seven. Yeah. 
I, I, it's based on the matchup. It's very plausible. I'll just stick with it. They seem to have a lead every single game. It's just a matter of whether they blow it or not. It's twenty twenty. We need this shit. (laughs) More baseball. We need as much as possible. We'll see because every final so far in twenty twenty has been shitty. Yeah. We had a. The NBA finals was good up until Game Three. Yeah, I'm not counting the Super Bowl because that counted for last year, but um. That was shitty. <laughs> that was, was very shitty. That was, <laughs> it was a shitty it was Super Bowl. You guys, but it was a good, it was an entertaining game. It was very entertaining until Jimmy G overthrows fucking Emmanuel Sanders. God damn it! I mean, don't, I loved it. Don't get me started. <laughs> don't get me started on the Jimmy G train, man. So, I fucking told Rob. Rob could go back to last year. Rob was like, "You're so negative." I'm like, "That dude fucking sucks." We got Rob coming out of the woodwork for this one. Rob, every week, me and Rob text during the Niner games, and he could tell you, and he's like, yeah, you're right. This fucking guy is not it. <laughs> uh, AJ joins in. We've already trashed the Niners and the Giants so far. So Don't, look, uh, don't, turn, don't turn this into a, a, you know, a, an audible three-part uh, podcast because I can do that. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, the football extension. But anyway, yes, yeah, so, I mean, Stanley Cup wasn't very entertaining. The NBA Finals wasn't very entertaining. This one so far has probably already been the most entertaining and hasn't even gone to the deciding game yet, but we'll see. What have we learned? If, if Florida's involved, it's not going to be entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of something that can disprove that, but the 2008 World Series was shitty. 2003 World Series didn't go the distance. 97, there you go. 23 years ago, Florida put up a great championship. 2003, I mean, the Marlins beat the Yankees. Yeah, but that... That, was, that hurt. That wasn't a classic, though. No, 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 it was trash. Man, that, that Boston and the Yankees series, that was my World Series. I could have I cared, cared less if you would have won that, that World Series. That was something else. Yeah, yeah, that was a very Yankee... Uh... No, you know what? I take that back. That sucked because if Aaron Boone doesn't have that moment, he's not managing this team, so fuck that moment. I always saw – this is my hot take about that. I always felt the 2003 Red Sox were better than the 2003 Yankees and the 2004 Yankees were better than the 2004 Red Sox, and they no won in reverse. No disagreements. So, anyway. So All right. So, highlights, right? Yeah, let's, let's recap now what we've got so far. So, game one we talked about not much to see there. Uh, Kershaw. Mookie and Kersh. Mookie and Kersh show. Yeah, that, that was the Kershaw show. Dodgers win handily. No real thing. Cash – Leaves, leaves pitchers in too long. It didn't really matter. The Dodgers were going to win that game. Rays have a habit for whatever reason. And by habit, I mean it's really just the Yankees series in this one of just showing up like shit in game one. Uh, Yankees beat the hell out of them too. And after game one, again, I said in the chat, I was like, wouldn't surprise me at all if Rays won game two. Like this means nothing that the Rays got blown out. It's not indicative of the rest of the series. And sure enough, we go to game two. Rob, what do you have for us for game two? have Blake Snow right here. Um, his performance was pretty good until later on a um, couple of home runs from Corey Blake Seager. Snell in this game for a moment, I, I assumed it wouldn't happen. I'm the one who said that there wouldn't be a no-hitter this entire year. For a moment, he looked like he was going to be a no-hitter. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had no-hit stuff the first time through this order into the second time through the order absolutely all of his pitches working and he was locating them, which isn't even, isn't always a guarantee with Snell. Um, They run into trouble a little bit once that 
you know, he breaks down a little bit. Dodgers come back a little bit. Rays end up winning a tidy 6-4 game. Um, but the beginning of that game, Rays scored early, which, like, just hasn't happened often. And he was lights out. I thought it was going to be a blowout. Rays had a 5 nothing lead in that game, so it certainly seemed like it was going to be a blowout. And then the Dodgers offense came alive. One thing to say about the Dodgers offense, Henry, they have not scored less than four runs in any game in the series, and they won one of the two games they scored for. That's not a good sign for the Rays. <laughs> I know it's not we, a good sign. Yep, their offense is exactly what we thought it was. Yep. So, um, yeah, the Chris, T- Chris Taylor had the home run off of Snell. Will Smith hit the home run off Anderson, who's been terrible in the series. And then Corey Seager, of course, my MVP pick with getting his train started with that home run game, too. Um, and here is the Seager. Yeah, so this is game two. That's Seager at 6-3 at the time. This makes it 6-4. You're starting to sweat a little bit. Pete Cokehead Fairbanks just he makes you nervous, but he gets the job done every time. It's like uncanny with him. There he is, the Cokehead. There's the Coke nose. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that dude is on something. Uh, Rays win game two. So, or, yeah, so then we get to game three. And game three, again, is the story of Dodgers pitching. I mean, Kershaw and Bueller, really, you know, Seager's done a lot, Turner's done a lot, Betts has done a lot. This series so far is about Kershaw and Bueller. They've pitched mm-hmm. three gems, and that's the luxury the Rays haven't had is three gems from their starting pitchers. And Dodgers have won all three of these games. That's really been it so far. for the Like, you, you can cut it however you want. That's really been it. This was Bueller and his short pants – just dominating the Rays. I mean, he was filthy. I was watching this in a presidential suite in uh, in the Ritz, and <laughs> this was—I mean, this, this was a clinic from Bueller. Dodgers go up five nothing this time. My son, said he rocks, my son said he rocks skinny jeans on the mound. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. I don't know what that. I, I has we. I know this was this has been addressed. Like this is a thing. Is that Walker Bueller wears weird pants? Has he actually explained? I, I don't know why, but they do look like tight jeans. But he'd be comfortable. I mean, comfortable enough to strike out ten. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it doesn't bother him. But six innings, three hits, one run, ten strikeouts. This is your start of the World Series. This is better than either Kershaw start. Again, not to take anything away from Kershaw, but this was dominance. And Charlie Morton didn't have it. Morton got blown up four and a third, five runs, seven hits, struck out six. He only strikes them out, but. uh he didn't have it from the start. Dodgers jumped all over him. Dustin Turner homers. Corey Seager's going to homer again. And at this point, you know, Dodgers go up 2-1 in the series. And you just had to feel like, Henry, for this to be a good series, Rays had to answer. I'm going to take some blame on a Charlie Martin thing. That Right before that game, I put up a graphic that showed his stats and his numbers and how he was in big games. And then as soon as I put it up, he gets rocked. I'm convinced. I don't have any proof of this. I really think it's just elimination games he's dominant. It's weird, man. It like is. other games he's not. Other playoff starts, I think he's pretty pedestrian, but yes. just clinching. Winner go, home. Winner go home games. Yeah, he's lights out. It's very strange. It's like the moment's not big enough for him. He has to have like yeah. ultimate, you know ultimate. You know who's kind of like that on a lesser scale? A.J. Burnett. A.J. Okay. Burnett, every – Big, huge, huge game he had to pitch. Game two of the World Series in, in 2009. At all of those games, he, he hung in there, pitched a great game. Every other game, he was terrible. 
convince me of anything positive and AJ Burnett. He was lights out in that game too. Nope, 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 nope. And, and they were down one zero. That was a big game. Here's game yeah. four. Yeah, this is the back to back. So this is Seager again. Mm-hmm. This is our pick for MVP. Me yeah, and Vince. Eighth home run that postseason. This is our shit. What the fuck is this? Our shit. Our. Hey, we picked yeah. up. We both picked them. <laughs> Good update for tomorrow is Gonzalez Gonzalez is actually being used as an actual starter. Yeah. Not, not an opener. No, no, it's not an opener. He's starting. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm still I'm looking for this pronunciation. It looks like it's not Gonsolin. No, Gonsolin. I'm telling you, Gonsolin. Um, You're so white here. sometimes. <laughs> it's from Eddie. Hey, you guys ready for the next clip? It's a record breaker. It's so, a record breaker, Don. So, what well, is it? Game four, or game five? I believe it's a uh, game. Actually, it's game three. Another game three. It's um, uh, Randy Arozarena's um, dong. His um, his home run actually um, broke a record for the most home runs by a rookie, I believe. Yeah, put that one up there. Yep, most I got it right here. <laughs> runs and most hits, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that, that was another home run. I think this is his ninth home run of the postseason. That's Arozarena Fury. Yes, yeah, so that sets the record nine. Uh, I know Beltron and obviously Seeger and uh, a few other people had eight. A Rosarena for the moment stands alone. We'll see what happens the rest of the series with Seager. Um, nine home runs. I don't want to throw shade at Randy Rosarena at all, but don't. mostly been solo shots, I feel like. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. Listen to me. This kid has come on the scene and just – he picked up the mantle where Lindor and all the other fun guys left off, Robert, you know, and yeah. these guys just didn't make the – Play and, and Randy just took it and took it to another level. This, this kid is way too fun to watch play. Man. Oh, he's super fun to watch. I'm not he taking anything so away. Mr. T that I love it. I'm, I'm not going to be one of those sample size critics. The kid is having fun. He is entertaining the hell out of us. I'm a big Rosarena fan. Well, he had 64 at-bats for the Rays this year. Yeah. Now he's got nine playoff home runs. That kid is amazing. All of that's fantastic. I'm just saying – I'm looking at these stats here. Those, those are the A-Rod stats I used to hate that people would pull out. Oh, A-Rod only hits yeah. a home run when the Yankees are up by three runs. Or more. You know, those, fuck that. Home runs are home runs. There's a little bit to it, though. Especially when you're a rookie on the big stage. You, not everyone can do that. He's six for 18. He's doing five. He had two home runs, three RBIs. To my point, the dude doesn't hit home runs with guys. To be fair, though, I don't think – I mean, the guys in front of him have been shit. Austin Meadows has sucked. They backed him up. Brandon Lau has three hits They've disappeared. Yeah. So, so you look at that. Brandon Lau has not been on base this series. His three hits are all home runs, which means when you're Randy Rosarena batting third, literally there's been just no one on base the entire series, whether you come through or not. And he's come through 33% of the time. So he has to uh, try to create runs when he's on base. By the way, that's how all of my arguments go. I'll just argue with myself. I just have the positives and the negatives until not, I like, arrive at anything we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I just successfully attacked and defended Randy Rosarina in the same thought process. Um, but, yes, yeah, so, I mean, yeah. You both yeah, won yeah. and lost, and, and you're claiming yeah. victory against yourself. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Now I'll hedge something, and that's how I win my own argument. 
So, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Randy, nine home runs in the postseason is amazing. Yep. And, uh, and he's definitely the reason the Rays are here. I don't think they get out of the Astros series. They may not get out of the Yankees series without right. him. So. No, they, they definitely don't. I mean, he terrorized the Yankees. Yeah. Yep. Um, and that home run in game seven of the ALCS, probably the biggest home run in this postseason, I think, for anyone, was him hitting that first inning home run game seven of the ALCS. Yeah. Just be, with all that pressure on the Rays for him to do that, and it was a two-run shot, um, that was the biggest hit to me of the entire postseason, I think. So, yeah, now, yeah so, that, so that was game three. So we got a 2-1 series here. And then you get to game four which was an interesting one because uh, I don't think, it, you know, this is where it's kind of that part in the rotation where, like, no one has a starter left. Mm-hmm. Dodgers have their three guys. Rays have their three guys. You get to game four of the World Series. Ten years ago, people would have looked at you like, how is that possible? Who got hurt? Now it's commonplace. You have just openers for game four of the World Series in a 2-1 series. But that's what happened, basically. Um, so you have this, and this was the back and forth all time classic. I mean, we can talk about this game forever. It's right. up there with that 2017 Dodgers Astros game, which Dodgers lost there. This is the culmination of it. Chris Taylor boots it. Here's the throw home cutoff, man. That part's right. Goes to Will Smith. Just so improbable, but that that happened. That that whole this thing. argument, Henry, about um, I think Michelle actually introduced it with. Kenley Jansen in, in all of his, like, you know, choking glory did not cover home there. But I'm on team. It really wouldn't have mattered because no one's covering home where that ball went. <laughs> like Will Smith, Will uh, No, I did, I, I, I'm, I'm of the other camp. I, I totally disagree. I think that's why you take PFP. I think you, those are the things you learn. He, if he's behind him. But he wouldn't have been behind him in that direction. He would have been behind him on the third base side. It would have been enough time because the Rosarena got up and started running back to third base, and it wasn't until he saw Will Smith scrambling for the ball that he started to go back. But he wouldn't have been like There was enough time for it to be – Put it like this. There was enough time for it to be potentially a close play because now – He wouldn't have been closer to the ball than Will Smith is what I'm saying. He would have been backing up the other side when the throw came. Yes and no, because he would have seen where the ball was. Will Smith was looking for that ball for a good two to three seconds. Yeah, but I don't think he can cover the 10 feet behind Will Smith. He is on the third base side to 10 feet to the first base. I mean, he's not I don't know, but if he's, cover, if he's covering, if he's behind, if he's backing up the catcher the way he's supposed to be, we're not even having this discussion. But we are, because he would have been backing up the catcher on the third base side, not the first base side where the ball went. Right, but he would still see the ball. Even with just the mere presence of a pitcher being there, a Rosarena may have, may have run back to third base. This That's is still the only a rookie narrative I bought. And again, to Michelle's just credit, she, that base running, he was all over the place. He showed how young he was. Because- I, I have to be fair here because when this play happened, I said a Rosarena's awareness to not have put his head down and run towards third once he knew he was out by 15 feet was incredible. Like for Rosarena to know to like keep his head on the play and then see it get booted and score props to him. But going along with that, I have to be fair is props to him because had Jensen been backing up, even if it was on the wrong side, that might've been a deterrent enough where he knew, okay, I'm beat. I got to try and go back to third or get in the rundown. Maybe. I still don't think it would have mattered. 
I think that that play was so fluky and improbable that it just you, – you had two errors in one play and you lost. Um, obviously, Will Smith and the way he handled it was exactly like Gary Sanchez. In 2017, when Altuve scored the winning run in the ALCS, I think we've got a frozen Henry. Um, yeah, it looks like it. Yeah. So, anyway – <laughs> it's kind of odd. I'll just declare this also a victory on my end because <laughs> right. he can't defend himself. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I guess try and send him the link if he needs it. Otherwise, I'll just keep talking here. But anyway, so I see that play. It reminds me of Gary Sanchez and how he plays like a dumbass uh, in that ALCS game. I think it was game two of the 2017 ALCS where Altuve scores from first on a ball that didn't actually make the gap. It was cut off and right. Mm-hmm. Uh Sanchez, just an easy ball to field. He drops it. Altuve scores. They lose. That was the first thing I thought of. And then you've got, um, but you know, the Taylor thing. He boots it. That probably gets a Rosarena to third. And then you've got the play at home, and that's booted, and, and that scores a winning run. So, a crazy ending, Henry, to an all-time classic game. Yep, it's probably what you need. Hey, he's probably on mute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh no, he's still he's still playing around. But that game, <laughs> that game back and forth. Rob, did you watch all of that game? Yes, I did. Actually, I was like on and off. Like I was so tired that day, that night, and um, it was just. Uh, but the thing is, I did catch most of the end of that of that ninth inning, and I was just like, I when I saw like the first runner could go on base, I was like, oh, I think the Rays are gonna just just take this this take take this um game right here and probably just. Yeah, I got to be totally honest here. Mm-hmm. I watched until one out in the ninth inning. <laughs> and then I fell asleep. I was in bed for like the last three innings of that game. It ended late. Right. Um, one out in the ninth, I'm dead serious. And then I don't remember anything. And then I woke up and I saw that the Rays had won. And then I watched the, the highlight. Right. And I'm going to have to live with that for the rest of my life that I did not yeah. do that live. Generally, yeah, exactly. wardrobe change as he came back on camera. No, right? <laughs> I, I was wearing this. All right. I actually had to change over to my phone. I don't know what's going on with uh, my connection at home. So. We don't have too much left, so you should be okay. Uh, yeah, but I, I did want to uh, – I know I wanted to talk about that game because it was, it was something special, man. That's a game that, you know – It'll last the test of time, so. Yeah. Well, take you through it real quick. Dodgers lead 2-0, raise score a run. Dodgers lead 3-1, raise score a run. Dodgers lead 4-2, raise score three runs, take that 5-4 lead. That was the Brandon Lau three-run shot, biggest hit of his life. And then the Dodgers take the 6-5 lead the very next half inning, raise tight with another home run, and then it's 7-6, and then you head into the ninth, and uh, and that's when you see the those last two runs on that play. So back and forth. Yeah. It was eight straight half innings with a score. Yep. Yeah. And, and that, I don't by the way, that, those I, two errors on the last play, the only two errors of the entire game. Yeah. I don't remember the last time uh, I saw eight straight half innings with the score. Yeah. I, like it was just back and forth, um, one moment after the next. You just knew that whatever you scored in that inning wasn't enough to sustain and, and win that game. You needed more and you needed more and you needed more. And for that game to end on on all of those things, I know the guys at Total Bases also touched on it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, you could probably talk about 
talk about this on six, seven straight podcasts, how amazing that game was, how amazing that ending was. Um, the bad base running, the, 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 the Jansen play, which we will disagree on. Yeah. The, the, there's just so many variables on one singular play that, that I just can't remember having that many things happen to end the game nonetheless on the World Series. So I know some of the Met fans brought up Buckner. I think it was almost uh, to the day that it happened. Um, But even that was like a singular event. Like this was so many, this was like two booted balls, bad base running, good base running. I thought he ate the stop sign, but the guys at total bases did go back and look, they did give him the go sign. So there was just so many things that happened and it was exciting as hell to watch, man. You know what this was the baseball opposite equivalent to was the helmet catch <laughs> in football. Eli Manning getting out of out of that tackle and then to throw it up. Into and David Tyree saving Eli Manning. No man's land and David Tyree catching it with the side of his head. Like those were two very fluky things that worked out. These were two very fluky things that conspired to make the Dodgers lose that game. Uh, yeah, and, and it changes everything so much. I mean, you're talking about taking a commanding three to one lead versus, you know, tying the series up. So it, it changed yeah. everything. You know, you're yeah. down three, one, there's not a lot of teams that come back from three to one and win the world series. So huge implications. So, it, you know, for it to happen that way, it was just, just amazing. What, what I liked about that moment um, was when um, Randy Rosarena was turning the corner and he did like a somersault, did like his best that Daniel Jones impression. Like he got shot by the same sniper or something like that. <laughs> I don't know what it was. But the way he just regrouped and then just was, you know, he saw that the ball um, wasn't caught by the catcher and how he just ran, uh, he just basically stood to home was like the best moment. Like, I just couldn't believe it. Yeah, that's one of those plays that you can play and notice something new every single time about it. Uh, Absolutely. Like the Jeter flip play is another one that comes to mind. Just like there's so many things going on that are out of the ordinary that you have to like go back and watch it a few times. One of the things that stand out to me is I that's a moment that I wish the stands were full. Yeah. Oh, can like, you had that game, first of all, that game that whole game, but to have that walk off like that with fans in the stands would have been terrific. Yeah, the Rays would have been at home. That would have been 25,000 just incredibly loud fans if, uh, yeah. if that was at the trough. Just, just, just uh, the NLCS. The shade, the shade, the shade. <laughs> just, just the NLCS and the World Series themselves is like, you really want to go visit this new park because they. The Dodgers basically. This is like their second home now. It's they've been in this in this stadium for a good, good month and a half. Yeah, yeah, and it's just that's a good point. Yeah, I like to think of it in a more morbid way. That since it belongs to the Texas Rangers, this might be the last time we see a World Series in this park. Yeah, you won't be wrong. It's, it's plausible. I mean, what are the chances, right? The Rangers went to it twice, and that's been it. I. I'd, I'd uh, go out on a limb and say you see the Rays play a World Series game there before <laughs> the, the Texas Rangers again. <laughs> yeah, I think there's something to it. Um, yeah, I so least, <laughs> that game made it a series, and it also kind of elevated this World Series from they take turns beating each other to we have a World Series, and now we have a classic, and if this thing goes seven, we have an all-time classic. That's how powerful that game was. Now we get to game five. And 
this was now the storyline, right? Rays win a memorable all-time classic game. It's a 2-2 series. All the pressure's back on L.A. at this point. Um, the one thing, silver lining, Henry, you could take us through this game, is that Dodgers had Clayton Kershaw on the mound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Back now. Here we go. <laughs> you all good? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Rob, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Um, yeah. Just uh, Vince, are you going to repeat that again from that? Cause I... Yeah, play the clip. Yeah, here we go. So, yeah. Oh, this is the attempt to steal at home. This was brutal. This was bad base running. I don't want to hear it. Um, they, they didn't come out to say if he did this on his own, Margot, but I'm going to go out and let me say he did that on his own because if you look, Muncie on first base, I mean, not Muncie, who was on first base? Shit. I forgot who was on first, first base when it happened. There's a runner on first base. It is a walk, yeah. If he's stealing home, that runner should be going to second. Yeah. You break to second, you try to get caught in the rundown just in case something you get Kershaw's attention, but he went on his own, and, and I'm sorry. I know I've seen people defend that. That was just brutal in that spot. You cannot get caught. You cannot end the inning there. Not when, you know, one hit changes that whole game again. You, you can't get caught doing that. So I'm sure and, he's going to get fined in kangaroo court for that one. And it was pretty close, too, that, that play when they did the replay. It was very – that was the other thing. How does Kevin Cash not challenge that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. I uh, I've always want I always wonder this about managers and challenge. They treat these challenges like it's like you know major major currency, and I don't understand. That is the game right there. Presume <laughs> like you have to understand that. You correctly. had no reason not to challenge that play whatsoever. Um, it was just foolish. You, you, you challenge it. Just maybe they see something you didn't. It's so close that you know you you got to challenge it. That play I wrestled with for a while, like in a vacuum, I didn't mind it um, because of the reasons people have said to defend it, that Clayton Kershaw is a long windup. He's a lefty. Um, he, you know, wasn't paying attention. Margo's fast. Like all those things make sense. Uh, and those are all, all be reasons to try and see Kier Meyer is a lefty. It was a bad matchup yeah. for the batter. I, I get all that. Uh, ultimately, I'm kind of with you, Henry, in that I think it made more sense to – see if you can catch Zanino sleeping when, if he throws through the second, and then you have something of a, uh, and then you try and try to get, you try to steal a run that way. I I get it. That's a safer move. It reeked of of desperation to me. Yeah. Well, my other Kershaw did get hit a little hard in that inning. The balls that were let, they they did get hit a little hard. I'm sorry. Worst case scenario. If you don't steal home or try to steal home there, uh, and we can all agree stealing home is a low probability of success. Like, that's just not something that is yep. likely to happen. Um, but if you don't try and steal home and Kiermaier sees that at bat through, obviously there's whatever percentage chance he's going to get a hit. But it also turns the lineup around for the next inning. Then you have the top of the lineup next inning. So those, to me, were two kind of positives uh, in a one-run game. And to your point, the, the race had all the momentum at that point. That's the main reason that you don't do it is that you have taken all of your momentum and you've basically put it into one moment and it's a low like probability moment. It was um, gone right away. Yeah. And it's, it, has, it has nothing to do with no confidence in the bat. I mean, for Christ's sake, they let Brett Phillips bat in the game before and to get yeah. the game tying and ultimately game winning hit. So, you know, you, you got to have faith. I, I just think, 
you got to let that play out. You have to. You, you, there could be a wild pitch. There could be so many things that happen. You have to let that play out. You cannot have a, a brain fart. You can't have a gap that big. That's just bad baseball, period. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's not something ultimately that I agreed with. But, you know, like we said earlier, game, it's a game of narratives because now what happens is if he's safe, the narrative changes. The Rays are clever. He's excited. You know what I mean? Everything changes in yep. that play. At the end of the day, it's a bad baseball play with extremely low percentages to work out, and it definitely didn't work out. I'll say this anecdotally. Again, I'm watching. Boon-headed play of the week. <laughs> if it came from cash, absolutely. Um, I'm watching that play again in bed next to my wife, and she does not watch baseball often. Um, it, it presented a history lesson. I got to explain about the time Jackie Robinson stole home and won the World Series. So at least there was that. And it Did also she listen? Huh? Did she listen? She was, she was very into that attempt of stealing home. Like, she thought that was okay. the coolest thing ever. And, uh, and like, Manny Margot, if he, in her words, if he were safe, would have been, like, her favorite player. But since he's a failure, now he's a loser. So she didn't, ah, she'll have to settle for Randy Rosarino. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, yeah, she has seen her share of Randy Rosarino this postseason, too. But she was like, as a non-baseball fan, she was totally into it. So like in a vacuum, I'm like, that was really cool that we got to see it. Obviously, it's much cooler if it worked. But from the Rays standpoint, in that moment, in that situation, not a smart play. Didn't work out. Rays don't score the rest of the game. Dodgers had that run almost immediately after with Muncie. And that's the story of game five. Now you've got a 3-2 series. Speaking of Muncie, man, that home run he hit. Boy, I don't think it landed yet. No, he knew it didn't wasn't going that, to he pimped the hell out of that he one. He pimped the hell out of it and he and he deserved it. You hit a home run in the World Series like that. Look, you're gonna time my time around the bases because it's gonna be the slowest thing ever. Yeah, I guarantee you he was hoping there was an ocean beyond. I'm twirling, I'm pirouetting, I'm high fiving myself. I'm not doing the Bellinger where I'm dislocating my shoulder, but you know, yeah. I'm I'm pimping into it. You gotta do the hacky sack celebration now. That's yeah. the, the cool new thing. But uh yeah, I mean, that was a bomb. Um, so yeah, Dodgers up three, two. I mean, we've talked about it at nauseum. They, uh, they're one win away. I think they're going to get it. I, we both picked the Dodgers before the series started. I'm sticking with the Dodgers now. They've looked like the better team. Yeah. You have the Muncie. Oh yeah. Here it is. is. When you drop that shit, like Thor drops his hammer. Like that's how, you know, you have crushed the baseball and look where that that one if that's the last dong yeah. of the season for us, I'm totally okay with that. Yeah, that's a great way to send off Dong City. And it was great to see Glassnell look like a little girl, like he always looks. Well, look, at, at some point, we're going to have to sit there and look at Glassnell's performances in the postseason because he sucks in the postseason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, he went back to Pittsburgh Glassnell. Yeah, it's been weird. It's been a weird postseason for him. It, it makes me, I mean, obviously it makes me angry at the end of the day because the Yankees are the only team that could not adjust to Tyler Glass now and just shorten yeah. their swings, which is obviously what the solution is. It's just don't strike out 12 times and you've got a good chance of hitting him. Yankees you know don't trust that concept either time. Well, here's the funny thing, because we shit on the Yankees for having an all-or-nothing team, but this is the postseason of all-or-nothing. This is the postseason of the home run. If you out, If you out-homer your team, you have won, I believe, every game. 
It's been season. like that since 2017, real quietly. If you remember the Astros' run, I mean, obviously they knew what pitches were coming, it made it a little easier, but they set the record for home runs, and then I think like the Dodgers were like second or whatever in 2017. Um, so it's been like something, but they 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 need a balance. But yeah, if you are look, this is the postseason of of the homers. I mean, Dong City, baby, come on. Yeah, it is. The only thing I'll say to that is. You shorten your swing, you drive in runs other ways. You're going to get into more favorable matchups. Higher pitch counts, fire, more but... pitches, deeper relievers, all that stuff. And that's going to raise your chances of hitting home runs. So and you get obsessed with launch angles and barrels, and you know, that's what you yeah. get. And that's these teams that are winning, assuming the Dodgers, even if it's the Rays, win the World Series. These teams that, that actually end up at the top of the mountain are the teams who can score in other ways. We saw that we've seen the Dodgers shorten their swings and have rallies. We saw the Nationals do except, it. We saw the White Sox do it. Except stealing home. Don't do that. Yeah, that's don't, just... don't do that. That's <laughs> not necessary. But the 2018 Red Sox had a lot of home runs, but they made a lot of contact. They ran the bases well. They also knew they, uh, they cheated. That helped. The 2019 Nationals shortened swings, contact. They forced the issue. They put the ball in play. 2020 Dodgers. Yeah, they can hit a lot of home runs. Contact. They shortened swings. Even Joe Buck caught on to it when he's or John Smoltz, whoever it was, when he was commenting on how all they're doing is just shortening their swing and anything can happen once you get the ball and, and it yeah. wasn't John Smoltz, because everything John Smoltz says the opposite has happened. <laughs> yeah. He was breaking down um who was he break one of the pitchers. Oh, May yesterday. And that was at least somewhat insightful. Uh, he was talking about if maybe a certain spot is pitches unhittable. Smoke really isn't good for anything except pitching analysis, though. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of his at all. I'd rather have him come on screen and, like you said, you know, pick something apart. I'm just not a fan of him. Yeah, he's more he's he's better for studio, I think. I uh, I will say I'm a fan of Joe Buck. <gasps> Yep, they were with Dong City is team is pro Joe Buck. I'll, anyone who wants to talk about the merits of it from a broadcast journalism absolutely discuss. Joe Buck is the man. Get off! It's like you said earlier in in one of the threads. Every team says he's he's anti them and he's biased. If you can say that, then he's doing his job. Yeah, I seriously name comment section right now if you're listening. Name one fan who has said, yeah, Joe Buck loves my team. He, he has a bias towards my team. Mm-hmm. One, just one. Just name one fan base that's ever claimed that ever. Yeah, I'm not claiming it as a Yankee. He's pro Boston. He's pro Yankees. Well, you can't be yeah, both. pro Cardinals. You get a lot because his dad was like, there. Pro Cardinals. He's pro Cubs. And I'm like, no, he's a national TV guy who does his job and he does it well. He, he is pro story, which – if you've heard the term broadcast journalist, the name, the word journalist from broadcast journalist goes to stories. We like storylines. That's what, that's what Joe Buck likes. So if you're a home team or if there's something cool happening or you have a storyline, that's what he favors. It so happens that tends to spread across 30 teams at some point. So every single fan base thinks that he hates their team, which means he really doesn't hate any team. So Joe Buck is, is a very, very, very solid announcer. And he, he knows how to call big moments. He knows when to overdo it. He knows when to let the moment speak for itself. Sometimes he says as little as four or five words, and they're just perfect. So, Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's very good. 
Um, I didn't get to listen to his dad. I've heard some of his calls, but uh, I, he's, he's doing that legacy well. Uh, not a big fan of nepotism, but Joe Buck's really good at what he does, so good for him. So there we are. So we've got a 3-2 series. Henry and I both sticking with the fact that Dodgers will win. I'll say six. Henry says seven. So it's probably going to go seven. I hope it goes seven. But I'm Baseball sticking with hope seven. to go seven. <laughs> I love a Bueller-Morton game seven of the World Series. All the pressure on the Dodgers. Clayton Kershaw available out of the bullpen. I mean, that's a perfect storyline. And I hope that game goes 11 innings. And ironically will not end with a runner starting on second base. That just would bring everything full circle for me in this 2020 COVID season. And next week, Henry, and we come back, I, what we're going to do, if you guys want to join us next week, and it's not an if, it's when. I was about to say, you're giving them an option? Fuck yeah, that. you have to come back next week. We are going to cover all the World Series from the, 20, from the 21st century. So 2000 to 2020, we're going to rank them out. We're going to discuss them a little bit. Obviously, some of them are shittier than others. We won't spend that much time on them. But we want to figure out – what the best World Series has been in this 21st century. Once we know how this one ends, uh, we're going to rank it out. Obviously, if you're a fan of any fan base, this is going to be intriguing for you. We may, we'll probably put up a post to let it gain some traction. So, Yeah, we will, we'll get that ball rolling uh, sometime this week. But that's what we're going to do next week. And then after that, we will start... 2,000 wins! 2,000 wins! We will start to address... Our uh, off-season schedule, obviously, there's going to be a lot of hot stove. We'll probably do some interviews in here, have some guests on, stuff like that. Um, but obviously, it's a different kind of feel when we go into the off-season, as you guys know, because the majority of our shows took place in the off-season so far. So this is, uh, is going to do it for us. So this has been Dong City. Good luck rest of the way, Dodgers and Rays. Hope that you go seven games. Game six resumes tomorrow. Dong City back next Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern time, as always. And tune into the Audible tomorrow. That's your football fix. Tuesday, 7 p.m., uh, Matt Bushnell and Randy Hammond. This has been Dong City. Have a great night. Dong City, bitches.